Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. Were you guys separated at that time? Yeah, we were separated. Yeah, I was living with another woman. But I would go by our house. I still would go by and just visit. Hey, how you doing? Can I borrow the car? I'm looking for a job. She still was kind to me sometimes. But, you know, I was taking the car, doing drug runs. and But she didn't know that. And so she was kind. So I go by this one day. And sometimes we, she said, don't come back by. I'm done with you. Don't stop by my house. I'd go over and wouldn't leave. She'd have to call the police and get me out of there. And so this one day, though, I go by and her whole outlook towards me was different. I saw it. I'm like, whoa. She's like, come on in, have a seat. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? I was, I thought it was hope. Hey, there's some hope. You know, so she said, hey, I, I need to tell you something. I said, well, um, what's up, baby? She said, uh, I got saved. Now, again, if you're not saved, you don't know what saved means. And I went, what the? Uh, but, I, but I said, okay, good. I'm happy for you. And she said, uh, why don't you come? I want you to go to church with me sometime. Now, this is totally different from somebody telling you, get away from me. We're done. I'm going to get a divorce. And I'm like, an invite? You better believe it. I'll be there. Where, where are we going? You know, so she said, I'll pick you up. So I'd have her pick me up on the corner. And uh, this was a whole little process. So sometimes being an addict and lying and all that that you are, I'd show up sometimes and other times I wouldn't. And she was patient with me. She called me. She said, it's okay. You miss Sunday? How about Wednesday night? Will you go with me Wednesday? I'll pick. So I started going to this little storefront church in Akron, Ohio. I'll never forget the address, 513, 515 West Thornton Street. Little storefront. But when I went in this place, those Christians made a difference. The way they shook my hand, the way they looked at me, the way they welcomed me. Made me go, oh, because the world, I'm out there, man. Again, it's slowed down. I'm like, what is this? And then I sat down, I began to listen to the messages. And I would like to say it wasn't the first time. It was, oh, you know, over several visits. But as I went, this pastor was preaching the word of God. And, I, and what I heard out of all that was that I had worth and value and that there was a God who loved me. Again, I'm looking for this love all the way back as I'm looking for this love. I thought I could get it from my wife. I thought I could find it in law. But I'm hearing about this God who loves me and that he loves me just the way I am, that I could come to him as I am. I'm like, I'm hearing the message. I'm thinking, well, I need to clean. I'm liking what I'm hearing, but let me get myself cleaned up first. Maybe I'll move out with this woman. I'll stop using drugs. Then maybe I'll be worthy of becoming a Christian. I want to be one of them. I was under conviction. But he preached a message one night that said, behold, today is the day of salvation. Come as you are. Come as you are. I mean, and then it spoke to my heart. I mean, I could come just the way I am. You know, I'm not living right. I'm, I got an addiction. But it spoke to my heart. I said, I'm going to go. Uh, the next time in this little church gave what we call an invitation. They would invite people to come forward to pray and to join the church. Like that was part of their uh, tradition. And so he invited me down, and uh, he invited everybody, but to me, he was speaking directly to me. And I said, I'm going tonight. And I remember that in 1977, I believe it was April. 
of him giving that invitation, saying, who wants to be saved and who like to join church? Now, it's a long story to all that and how I played and uh, to get there, but I was mimicking Christians. I was like seeing what they were doing. I'm trying to impress this woman, my wife, to go, you know, maybe she, I'll get a chance if she sees me clapping in the right way and amen. And she told me I didn't fool her at all. She, she, she was on to me. So, but anyhow, when I go down front, the pastor says, oh, what do you want to do? You want to join a church? I said, no, sir. I want to be saved. What's it take to be saved? He says, it's so simple. It confounds the wise. Just pray. Pray with me. Pray this simple prayer of faith. Ask Jesus into your heart and he will save you. So I prayed, and, and you may know Romans 10, 9, 10, I confess Jesus as Lord. And I invite him into my heart, and uh, and, and he, everything changed, Greg. Everything changed. April 19th, my life, I was delivered from my addiction on the spot. On the spot. That's now, I still had work to do. Obviously, I'm still on the wheel. He's still working on me. But the process began. And we know the scripture says, he that began to work in you will perfect that work until the day of salvation. So the yeah. this Holy Spirit comes into my heart, my life, and the process of change begins. Absolutely. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. So you became this new man in Christ. And yeah, I agree. It is a process and we're, God's still working on us. And that's, that's why we're gospel addicts. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> amen. Good news, uh, brother. Good news. So, uh, what, you know, so obviously things, uh, worked out with your marriage. Well, right away, right away. Yeah. Right away. It wasn't, you know, again, like you said, the marriage was in trouble. So, uh, right away I said, uh, I know I'm living with a woman who wasn't my wife. So I need. To, I'm pretty much homeless because I'm not working. I mean, I didn't have a job and pretty much living off of this woman who's taking care of me. So I asked my wife. I knew just in my heart. I mean, I hadn't had much Bible teaching, but I knew I shouldn't be where I was. I asked her, "Can I come stay with you till I can get a get a job?" She thought about it for a moment. She said, "All right, till you can, you can get a job." <laughs> I want to tell you that was. 40 some years ago and I'm still there. So anyhow, God, <laughs> I came back. He gave me a job. I didn't have a job. I said, and the elder came, one of the elders said, what can we pray for you about? I said, I'm man, well, first of all, I need a job. You know, he said, okay, we're going to pray for you to get a job. In two weeks, I had a job, right? So I got a job, moved back in with my wife in the process of her forgiving me, me forgiving her, of God beginning to reconcile this relationship between husband and wife. And, uh, and within within two years of me working, trying to gain her trust back, uh, because, it, you know, once you've blown it, it takes a while for people to forgive you and, and trust you again. So gaining her trust, and we decided to start a family. Uh, 1980, our first uh, our son was born. And, and I didn't know how to be a dad. I said, God, how do I be a dad? I don't know how to do this. And uh, one of the things that, was important to me in many, many cultures. I see where fathers kiss their children, kiss their sons. I saw some of that just on TV and movies. I said, I want to have that kind of relationship with my son. I want to be able to kiss him, pop him right in the mouth. Wow, son, your dad. I want to be that kind of dad. And I told my wife, she said, well, start right now. So we, out of the womb, I grabbed him and said, Gay, don't clean him off. Let me kiss him right now. And uh, so I've been kissing him ever since. So if you saw us now, 
Uh, when we meet, we kiss. And uh, I'm grateful to God for that whole experience and teaching me along the way as I learn what it means to be a father. And God showed me that by his example. He said, you had a, a worldly father who uh, certainly was not a good example, but I'm going to show you what a real father is like. And he's my father now. He's been my father. And he showed me by his grace and mercy what it means to be a father, to be loving, kind, patient, all those things it takes for us uh, to represent Christ in our homes. I want to quickly read two reviews. People have read your read the book. And uh, two reviews, one, one uh, person says, a very encouraging account of Marshall's life, his escape from the pain of the past to a brand new life through faith in Christ. And then another person said, a beautiful story of how God does not give up on any of us. And uh, that's, that's what I keep hearing is that theme. God has not given up on, uh, has not given up on you. And you had another interesting transition because not only did God bring you to himself, but then he put a special calling on your life to go into the ministry. Like, let's talk about that. Cause that, um, yeah. What, wh how did that happen? Uh, that's, that's interesting. I began to um, do some work actually through a man who was um, part of navigators and uh, we began to, he personally began to mentor me and, uh, getting to memorize scripture and uh, just learn more about God and his, his word and who he was. And, and I began to grow and God put, had to call. It's a calling for me. To, I began to do prison. First of all, I started to do prison. I went back to the prison and began sharing the gospel because it is the good news. I began to go all over Ohio involved in prison ministry, sharing the gospel, sharing my testimony that this God is able and he wants to redeem you and that he loves you. Uh, that's the underneath underlying theme is this love of the gospel. That's what it is. There's a God who loves you and me and loves this world. So I begin to share that with us. That's why we gospel addicts great because this is love. That's, that's the theme of the Bible. It's not condemnation. I love you. I want a relationship with you. So we begin to go all over doing that. And then God began to prompt the Holy spirit kind of prompting my heart. And I'm going, I can never be a pastor, man. I'm a drug ex, drug ex. You know what I mean? I'm all of all it's all of my unworthiness and who no one really is worthy of the call. But it's God who makes us worthy. It's his right, that new creature. It's his righteousness uh, that after that five seventeen that that we all have received. And he said, No, you can't do it, but I can do it through you. And Amen. and by faith, will you step out and trust me? Uh, to be a pastor, I'm like, oh, man, that's a high high calling and an honor, God, that you would take someone like me and give me the privilege to shepherd and love people and represent you. Somebody would just ask me, what is it about pastoring? I said, I, I love people. I love giving God's love away, I like to say. I love the privilege to be able to give his love away. And uh, pastoring offers us uh, a wonderful opportunity to do that. So I said yes to that calling uh, in 1984. I say, okay, God, after digging my heels in, I couldn't be me. I said, all right, I'll do it. All right, okay. And uh, when I said yes, uh, I didn't go into full-time ministry. It's a, and that's another story. For Until 11 years later, mm. when he opened the door for me to go in full, I'll call it full-time ministry. I mean, we're always in ministry. It's just that right. our vocation stays for 
for what we're doing. Yeah, you were. I think in the book you talk about how you had a job and and you heard a sermon um, on the radio about bloom where you're planted, and you realize that hey, I can I can be in ministry wherever, you know, in this job, you know, I can use my career as a, as a mission field, and uh, seems like you you did that for a number of years. And then is, am I right that you ended up at the Haven of Rest? Was that like your first sort of like ministry assignment? Yeah, my first full-time ministry assignment. Again, this, during this 11 years, I'm kind of in the desert. As God had called me and I said, okay, I said, yeah, I expected to be right away. But he's like, no, not right away in my timing. So I got angry. If I can be honest, I got angry with God. I'm like, okay, come on. I said, yeah, now where's, where's the opportunity? You know, I'm honest about it. And that's when I heard the message of Pastor, you guys may, some of you may know, named Warren Wisbury. He was on the <laughs> Moody Bible ra uh, radio, and he preached that sermon, Bloom Where You Planted. And it was, for me, that day was just for me. I said, you mean, yes, God, I hear you. I can be the best Christian. I, I can be right where I am. Wherever you have me, it's where you want me to be right now. So um, let me be content in this. I got content in that and saw a number of people come to the Lord. Uh, on my job and respecting all of that. And certainly I wasn't stealing from the uh, from my employer, but as opportunity through relationship, I had a chance to share the gospel. I would often do that and God used that. In 1995, I got a call to go to, um, to Haven of Rest, which was a homeless mission. And I knew, to me, I knew nothing about being homeless. I'm, I mean, I was homeless at one time, but he was going, God, I, I, what am I going to do? That's not, I was thinking more prison ministry. You know, he's like, no, I want you to go down there to the homeless. My wife and I prayed about it. It was, <laughs> it was a significant pay cut. We're like, oh, you know, if you ministry doesn't always, it's not a place you want to go if you want to. <laughs> Maybe well, in health and wealth gospel, but not in, not in our God, not in the gospel. That right, that's no guarantee. You're not going in it for money. I'll put it like that. Um, God may bless you with it, and that's good, but that's not your reason for going. So I go to this homeless mission, and it was the best training for me because I got an opportunity to give to people who could not give anything back, Amen. you know, just to pour into them and to have hope for them. And that's what we have today as gospel addicts. We have hope for people. We have more hope for them than they have for themselves because we know what our God can do, how he can change a life, how he can transform a life, how he will do that. So we, when we say have people in our families or on our jobs who who don't have hope, we have hope for them. We don't want to look down on them. We want to be encouraged by our opportunity to share the love of God with them. That's amen, amen to that. That is so true. I want to ask you a, kind of an interesting question. Um, so you dealt with a lot of racism in your life. Um, how did you handle that after you became a Christian? Like, did you? you know, you had a lot of, at, at one point, you know, and you talk openly about it, like you had a lot of hatred towards white people, like, uh, because of the oppression and, and I kind of, did that change like overnight or is it a process or is it, you know, um, and I'm, I'm sp specifically thinking of like when you came to faith in Christ. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Greg, it was a process. Uh, it was a, at the same time as once and for all, because the way I used to have hate, when God saved me, he gave me love in this place. So it wasn't a vacuum, right? So he took something out and put something in. So now he gives me this wonderful thing of love. And if you listen to Marshall, I'm going to talk about love. I'm going to talk about the love of God 
and in the power of love. And so he put this love. He that's what he called me with his love. I responded to the love of God again, not to condemnation, because he didn't come to condemn the world. We know that as we read God's word. I didn't come to condemn the world, but the world might be saved to me. John three seventeen, and and so as you know, this love, this process in my life began. I began to love everyone uh, with the love of God and begin to uh, share that with them. So God, in his sense of humor, I call you. I would one. I would wonder. God ever since. So in a sense of humor, uh, my first real call to a pastor of the church was. To all white, pretty much an all white church. Um, 99.9% point, white almost. And I'm saying, God, you would send a black nationalist, former a revolutionary, former hater of white people, and put them right in the middle uh, to minister there. And uh, that's something only a God could do. And uh, I love, uh, you know, they love, I fell in love with more of them and them with me, certainly. Right. Yeah, that so, you, you tell some interesting yeah. stories about that uh, transition and, um, you know, that you wanted to paint your office in a certain way and, and somebody objected to it at first. And, and uh, you, you know, like, and, uh, but, but finally they let you be you. Yeah. And that was my battle. That was my challenge with some of the people I answered to. I'm like, can I just be me? I mean, you, you know, many times I think somewhere, and I won't say all, but many times white folks, as long as we can assimilate, uh, you're good. I mean, you act like me, you speak like me. Hey, we love you, man. You know, but if you're going, maybe I don't speak like you. I mean, we have, I still, we can love each other in our differences, you know, and respect and appreciate those things. We don't have to, we're not the same anyhow. We're uniquely, we know, fearfully, wonderfully made and so unique anyhow. But sometimes in this culture, we want people to be, and speak and do the, the do things the way we would have them to do it. A couple more uh, reviews that I read. That I don't know if you read your reviews or not, but uh, there's there's people leaving reviews for your book. Some place to be is somebody. God's story in the life of Marshall Brandon. This book gives hope and life to those who think there isn't any. Isn't that a wonderful message? Yes, and, it is. Yes, it is. And here's another one. I'm so thankful for Marshall's life. I'm astounded by the way Lisa was able to communicate it. And then a third one, amazing to the very last page. Now to reread it. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a powerful thing. We're going to kind of wrap up our interview here in the, in the last few uh, uh, minutes we have together. Um. So you went to this all white church and you ministered there and, and, uh, and now you've, you're, you're at another church and what, what gets you excited about being in ministry now? This is the best season of my life. What gets me, you know, as I have matured and, and really getting to the point, what excites me is that God says, you're not through until I says you, say you're through, right? So you can get to a certain age per se. And go okay, retire, whatever you call it. I'm gonna, I'm kind of done, you know. And God is saying, no, you're not done. It's from the cradle to the grave, and I got work for you to do. And uh, call me out of from what out out of what I was doing to say, here's an opportunity for you to go. I uh, love some people in Ken, Ohio, and will you say 
where you go. And uh, the wrestle is, you know, I think calls in the ministry is never really easy. It's it's a challenge. It's a step of faith. God always gives us an opportunity to have faith. Will you trust me? Who are you trusting? Who are you trusting in? You know, as long as we live by faith, you know, we're saved. We know that. And and so, um, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. We know it from Hebrews. But he's telling, asking me to, okay. So I say, yes, pray for my wife about it. And we say, all right, God, we know you have a plan for us. And we want to we want to be in on what you're doing. And I think it was Blackaby that said, find out where God is working and get in on it. You know, not come up with your own plan, your own, hey, God, you get in on what? <laughs> on my uh, my strategic plan. It's no longer, God, you have a strategic plan, and that's to reach the world. And I want to be in on that wherever you have me and however I, you want me to get in on it. So that's what I'm excited about to see, to have hope for Grace Baptist Church in Ken, Ohio, to see what God is going to do. Uh, it's, you know, and you know, you're at that campus in Kent State. It's, man, I'm like, man, we God has brought the world to us right here in Kent, Ohio. I mean, the campus is, oh my goodness. And so I'm excited just about those opportunities to speak with these students and um, whoever God would bring, obviously, but just bringing the world to us right there at Grace Baptist. So uh, to see how we can uh, get in on what God is doing in that realm. Yeah, you have some some of my very good friends involved in your congregation there from Nigeria, Wisdom, Hezekiah. Um, I think I does light them. go there? Um, yes, I met them. Some some wonderful wonderful people from across the uh, the other side of the world who, man, their faith is solid and it's great. What is your what would you say is your greatest joy in ministry? My greatest joy is giving God's love away, loving God and loving us. I think that's. If I could sum up the Bible, and I would go to Matthew 22, uh, 37 through 39. What is the greatest commandment? It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and then love others as yourself. And then the third thing I'd like to add to that would be Matthew, the Great Commission. Uh, go. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and I'll be with you always. That's that's the sum of it to me. And so that's what I'm excited about, loving God more every day and, you know, understanding his love for me and, and letting that fill me and overflow my life to everyone around me. Amen. If anybody that's listening to this podcast uh, would want to reach out to you and get, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Is it through the Grace Baptist Church? And what's the website or what's your? Yes, Grace Baptist in Ken, Ohio. You can look that up on your website. My email address is Pastor Brandon, uh, Pastor Brandon at gracekent.org, gracekent.org. Pastor Brandon at graceandkent.org. Yes, graceandkent.org, I think is the website. Um, well, thank you so much for giving us your time, Marshall. And um, if you have, I want to encourage people to to Google uh, someplace to be a somebody. 
God's Story and the Life of Marshall Brandon to get a copy of the book, or you can go on Amazon and find the book. Um, people that have been reading it, um, just give, uh, you know, I'll, I'll close us, I'll close our time with another review. Um, this book is a must read for those who are feeling hopeless or discouraged. No matter what you have done or where you are in life, God can use you. He wants to use you. This book is a true testament of the powerful, unconditional, redeeming love of God. And that's Hallelujah. that's what you're all about. And, Hallelujah. Uh, yes, amen. I love it. So thank you, thank you, Marshall, for this time, and thanks for uh, putting your story out there for people to to read and find out how they they can have their lives changed, so they can be filled with the love of God. Thank you, Greg, for having me today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.